What's going on, everybody? Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Top Notch Sports Podcast by yours truly, Kendall Calloway. Um, and like I said, if you've been following what I planned on discuss today, it's my reaction to the NBA Finals, man. And uh, I'm just going to start by saying congratulations to the Toronto Raptors. Congratulations to everybody that chose the Raptors to beat Golden State. Uh, point blank period, you got to tip your caps off to Toronto. Uh, they came to play, man. They came to play. Uh, me, my prediction was wrong. I picked Golden State in six, uh, and it didn't work out that way. But we're gonna get right into it, man. Uh, first off, I wanna highlight and key in on the big time players that played big time minutes and just really went out there and put their stamp, put their impact on Game Six and other games. Uh, those people that I, that I am talking about is Pascal Siakam. Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry with a big game six, and of course the Finals MVP Kawhi Leonard. Uh, they all played, I mean, spectacular, spectacular through the six game series uh, during this Finals. I'm not going to take anything away from the Golden State Warriors either. Uh, Iggy, he played well. Draymond was great throughout the entire Finals. Clay, um, Steph. Did not play his best, but Steph was Steph still at the end of the day. Uh, one of the things that I noticed about this finals was how important the three-point shot was. And I think we all knew that going in, how important that the three-point trend would be. And when I looked at the stats uh, throughout the finals, the team that won the three-point battle went on to win every game. Uh, when you look at game one, Golden State made... 12 three-pointers to Toronto's 13. Toronto went on to win. Game two, Golden State with 13 to Toronto's 11. Golden State went on to win. Game five, it was Golden State's 20 to Toronto's 8. Golden State went on to win. And, of course, game six, 13 for Toronto, 11 for Golden State, which that was a closeout game for the Toronto Raptors. So we see the trend, whoever won the three-point battle, was the victor. Uh, me, personally, I didn't think that Toronto could outshoot Golden State, but I feel like they can be the be that gritty team that could outwork Golden State if they were to win this final series, in which that was the case. They were rough. Uh, they played hard basketball against the Warriors. If you've seen the way they, they played Steph Curry, putting him in the box and elbows, uh, making it tough on uh, him and Clay getting through screens. They weren't getting the, the looks that they usually get. Credit to the Toronto Raptors and Coach Nick Nurse on coming up with that game plan because it was very, very, very effective. Uh, Steph didn't shoot the ball well from three. Uh, he had been on and off streaky. He'll hit some. He'll miss some. Uh, credit to the Toronto Raptors. Uh, next, I want to highlight, of course, KD's injury. He got back. We seen what KD was doing in Game Five. Um, he came out hot. KD was being KD, uh, like he planned to be. Unfortunately, KD got hurt. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Uh, big, big blow for Golden State. I, I still went on to pick them, even though KD was going to be out for the remainder of the finals. Uh, I felt that Stephen Clay and Draymond could still get it done. 
Uh, but of course, not having KD on the floor was a big blow for them, a huge hit. Um, Clay's injury in Game Six. I truly believe that that was the nail in the coffin for Golden State. You don't have Clay, you don't win that game, and Clay was having a phenomenal game. Uh, but once Clay had to exit that game, we all knew Toronto knew that the primary focus from then on out was going to be Steph Curry and containing Steph Curry, and they did a phenomenal job of doing that once again. Tipping my cap off to Golden State uh, for fighting, trying, and pushing back uh, those final minutes in game six, but all in all, it was not enough to overcome the uh, Raptors. Also in game six, we've seen Kyle Lowry. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen that type of game from Kyle Lowry uh, in the playoffs, and he showed everybody that Okay, I can step up when needed. Kyle Lowry came out firing on all cylinders. He was hot. Uh, Big-time play from Kyle Lowry that sparked that Toronto team. To go along with that, I mean, when you look at what Fred Van Fleet was doing throughout this entire finals, uh, I think he was the leader of that bench unit. Uh, he gave Toronto big play, big minutes, good minutes. He was productive. Uh, he hit big shots in in crunch time in the fourth quarter. Uh, Golden State didn't really have anybody that could come off that bench and be that spark uh, like a Fred Van Fleet, uh, along with other players on that Raptors bench. Uh, Serge Ibaka, he played phenomenal defensively, uh, offensive rebounds, getting putbacks. For all my listeners and all my fans, uh, I do apologize for the interruption uh, with the first portion of this episode to now uh i had something to tend to but continuing on what with what i was discussing uh serge Ibaka, fred van fleet i think were the uh best guys off that uh bench for toronto uh if you watch the finals you've seen what they were capable of you've seen what they did on the court uh during crunch time uh when guys like mark needed to get rest when kyle larry went to the bench and sometimes fred was on the court with kyle uh, and Kawhi and those guys, but uh, you gotta you gotta respect the grit that they played with and the determination and the consistency that they played with. Uh, Fred Van Fleet, when you look at where he's come from, uh, he played big time minutes, big time plays were made by Fred. Uh, I took my cap off to him, man. Uh, I seen what he did in the conference finals, but you know it's. You gotta understand. Can you do it on the big, on the big stage, on the big level? Uh, and he did. Uh, you cannot question his heart, his tena- his, his will to win, the tenacity that he plays with, the tenacity that he played with. Uh, it was not matched by any other Warriors bench member, uh, and that hurt Golden State uh, that they didn't have big players off their bench to make plays like a Fred VanVleet or a Serge Ibaka. Uh, and on to the Finals MVP, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kawhi was Kawhi. They call him the board man. Uh, when you look at what Kawhi's impact was on this game, game six, game one, uh, even game two. Game two, he didn't have a big game. He missed a lot of big shots, but they didn't lose by much. When you look at his impact when having a subpar game like that, you have to wonder what will happen 
when he has a big game, and we've seen him have very, very good games. Kawhi was able to penetrate that defense, uh, get in ones, get to that foul uh, line, and, uh, you know, late game situations, he was making big time plays. Uh, 10 straight points in game five. Um, heating up, just heating up. Of course, we know what he does on the defensive end. He was guarding Steph, he was guarding Clay, uh, guarding Draymond. Iggy, uh, he was doing it all. Kawhi was doing it all, and he was, of course, the captain of that ship. He was the leader of the Toronto Raptors team, and the rest of these guys followed suit. They followed his footsteps, former champion, former Finals MVP in his own right. Uh, they followed his lead, and uh, he led Toronto with great, with 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 great play, great play. Uh, now we're looking forward to what's going to happen during the offseason. Is Kawhi going to leave? Is he going to stay? What does the future hold for Golden State and KDE and Clay if they sign these guys back? Will they have them for next season? We know KD ruptured his Achilles. Clay tore his ACL in game six. But what this final series showed to me, and I think what Kevin Durant wanted people what wanted to prove himself, is that Golden State needs Kevin Durant. They needed Kevin Durant in this final series to win. Uh, they did, they couldn't get it done without him. They lost in six. Maybe it would have been different if Clay didn't get hurt in Game Six, and they let's say they go on to win Game Six. But you got to win game seven in Toronto. This final series showed to me that they needed Kevin Durant. They needed their best player. Uh, the rumor was that if Golden State would have won this final series, Katie would have jumped ship. He would have left uh, most likely to New York. But in a loss, Kevin Durant would stay with the Warriors to show that I'm, I'm very much needed on this team. So, interesting to see how this offseason will play out. Uh, we know that the Lakers are pursuing Kawhi Leonard heavily uh, going into this free agency. A lot of questions will be answered, should be answered uh, during this offseason. Um, another thing that I want to discuss, who is the best player in the NBA? With Kawhi winning this series and becoming Finals MVP, a lot of people feel Kawhi. Is the best player in the NBA? Is it KD? Is it LeBron? Uh, me, I, I, I truly stand by the fact that LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA by his impact on what he does for a team. A lot of questions have to be answered going into next season. Next season is going to be a very interesting season. Uh, with, with, I mean, I think the big question is KD and Kawhi. What moves will be made from those guys? But all in all, this NBA Finals did not disappoint. We've seen ups and downs in Game 6, uh, very hard-fought games, competitive games. Uh, I was not disappointed, but once again, I want to congratulate the Toronto Raptors. Uh, they proved me wrong. Uh, they played great. There's no other way to describe it. They stepped up to the challenge, uh, and they beat the powerhouse they they ended the three-peat, and 
they can call themselves NBA champions. So hats off to the Toronto Raptors, the 2019 NBA Finals champions. Also, more big-time news in the basketball world. Anthony Davis gets what he wants. He gets traded away from New Orleans to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the trade went down uh, Saturday. Uh, We've seen that the Lakers will send Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, and three first-round picks, including the fourth pick in the draft this year, for Anthony Davis. Now, uh, a lot of people, uh, I've seen a lot of people give their insight and their input on this trade. Uh, a lot of people feel it's a good trade for L.A. A lot of people feel it's a good trade for the Pelicans. Uh, me, in my opinion, I think both teams can benefit from this trade, but I'm leaning more towards the Pelicans looking towards the future for this team. When you look at where they're sitting at right now, they have a star, uh, 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 a potential star guard and Lonzo Ball, a potential star small forward and Brandon Ingram. You can draft Zion Williamson with the first pick. You can get another good young player with the fourth pick. Uh, you still have Drew Holiday. Uh, we're not sure if Julius Randle will come back, but when you look at that right there alone, uh, this team has dipped. Something that the Lakers lack now which, uh, with, with, with sending these guys off. Uh, but if you're L.A., you get a star-caliber player to match up with LeBron James, and we know what LeBron James brings to the table. Uh, LeBron makes everybody else around him better. Now, if you're L.A., you have room for another big-time player, uh, which could be a Kemba Walker. It could be a Kyrie Irving. It could be a Jimmy Butler. It could be a Kawhi Leonard. Or you can use that to... You can use that money to surround Davis and James with good, solid role players. Uh, the only guys they have on contract, I do believe, right now is Isaac Bonga, Mo Wagner, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Kyle Kuzma. There is no JaVale McGee. There is no Lance Stevenson still on this team uh, if they decide to sign these guys back. No Rondo. Uh, in my opinion, I think they should get these guys back. I think you need to keep Rondo on this team. Uh, Rondo is a former champion. Uh, he knows what it takes to win, and I think keeping him matched up with LeBron will be good for your future. Um, of course, he has chemistry with Anthony Davis as well. He he, he played in New Orleans, I believe, two years ago. Uh, next, when you look at their Pelicans team again, uh, a bright future is ahead of them if they keep that keep that base, keep that solid groundwork with ball. Ingram, and most likely Zion Williamson, who will be taking number one in the draft. Also, who do you take at number four uh, with that pick? Um, the Pelicans have a bright future, point blank period. They have a bright future with who they just acquired in these trades, uh, along with what they can get with the draft picks. I believe they have a 2021 top eight protected pick uh which is a lottery pick still. They can make something happen with that uh with that draft pick right there. Only thing that they lack right now is a true star caliber player in New Orleans. But things can turn around for this franchise with this with this young core. Uh, like I said, I'm not very, very 
I'm not very big on this trade for LA because of the fact that when you look at what the Raptors just did in the finals with the depth that they have from the starting lineup to the bench, you have to have that to win in this league. Uh, or maybe the Lakers can shake the league up and the league could go back to one to two stars instead of three or more on one team, uh, which was started by the Boston Celtics in 2007 with the big three and then LeBron and company in Miami. Uh, who knows? The Lakers could set the standard for getting basketball back to two, one or two players to win a title. Uh, but most definitely this trade has shaken up the NBA, shaken up the West because the Lakers are now the favorites to win the NBA title. Now with this trade with Anthony Davis to LA, I have to highlight, does Kevin Durant move on from Golden State? Does Kawhi stay in Toronto? Does he move on? Uh, Jimmy Butler, where does he go? Um, since he opted out from Philly, it's a lot of moves to be made. Kemba Walker's out there. Kyrie, um, as I stated before, it will be an interesting offseason. So buckle up. Buckle up and get ready So, because big moves are meant to be made, and I feel like the big moves will be made during this offseason with these guys. Next on the topic list, uh, of course, this Thursday will be the 2019 NBA draft, and uh, I think it's appropriate that uh, during this topic, during this segment, I want to key in on some key picks uh, with some teams and what players I believe that they should take, uh, as well as draft sleepers. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get right into that. Of course, uh, a lot of people can agree that Zion Williamson would go number one unless uh, a trade will happen or anything like that. If, if anything, uh, I see a trade happen with the second pick. Uh, I think it's key that Memphis takes John Morant with that first pick and uh, go elsewhere with Mike Conley. That is the speculation. That is the rumor that will uh, happen uh, come Thursday night that they will draft John Morant and uh, go elsewhere with Mike Conley, uh, I think the Mike Conley era uh, is over in Memphis, and I think Memphis would like to go elsewhere since this past season. They traded Mark Gasol. I think Mike Conley is next on the list, and uh, I think they're looking to remodel this Grizzlies team next. I think uh, a key pick was, was is honestly that eighth pick with Atlanta. I think it's very, very important that Atlanta takes – somebody that can play that wing. Uh, I think you're good in the front court with John Collins. You drafted Trey Young last year. You have your guard for the future. Uh, I think it's imperative that they draft Cam Reddish with that eighth pick. Solid wing player who can defend. He can rebound. Um, he's a good scorer. He can play off of Trey Young. I think that's a very good pick that Atlanta should take if they're not planning to take him. Um, I'm not sure where they would go. I think Cam Reddish is the man for the job in that system to play alongside Trey Young and John Collins. I think that should be their base right there and, you know, just build around those two guys, those three guys, or whatever the case may be. Also, with the Pelicans, now that they've acquired this fourth pick, 
This is also a key pick. A lot of people, a lot of mock drafts are. Uh, a lot of those guys are saying that the Pelicans will take a guard. I do not believe that should be the right way to go. Uh, same as Atlanta, even with them acquiring Brandon Ingram. I think you want to get another wing guy there, a guy that can play the two and the three, and that guy is DeAndre Hunter. I think DeAndre Hunter is the guy for the job at that fourth pick for New Orleans. Uh, I don't think they should go with the guard there. Um, I'm not I'm not real big on that pick uh, for them going for a guard. I think DeAndre Hunter is the guy for the, for the job. And the uh, last key pick is the fifth pick that the Cavs possess. And uh, I believe that they should take Jared Culver with that pick. Uh, if you pay attention to the tournament this year, March Madness, Jared Culver uh, was one of the uh, guys who, who really played very, very well. He played very well. Um, I think you pair him up with Colin Sexton in that backcourt. This is a guy that can play the two and the three. Um, good, solid wing guy. Uh, he can put the ball on the floor, and he can score, and that's something that Cleveland is lacking. They're lacking scores. Uh, I think Jared Culver is a guy to put in that system and uh, most definitely let him work. And as far as the draft sleepers go, my first draft sleeper, when I discuss these guys, I'm I'm, I'm going to give you their name and tell you why I believe that they're – why I believe they shouldn't be a sleeper. First on the list is Tyler Hero. Uh Tyler Hero, I believe, was looked at just as a shooter. I think if you paid attention to his game, especially once again in the tournament, Tyler Hero is much more than a shooter. He can put the ball on the floor, uh, and he can score. He can make plays, and he can play off the ball as well. So just labeling him as just a shooter, I do not think that is the right thing to do uh, because he's much more than that. Uh, next, a guy I believe is falling into the second round. Um, which is understandable. I can see why, but I think Taco Fall can be uh, a good, a good solid pickup for any team in this league. I believe he's a sleeper, but when you look at Taco Fall, he has intimidating size that would give any team trouble in the league today. Uh, Taco Fall and just the height that he comes with, I I believe he can produce for. Any team in this league, that size that he possesses is very, very intimidating. It's a he he's a very, very big center, and uh, whatever team lands Taco Fall, I think I think they'll be very, very happy with that pick. They should feel confident with that pick, whether he's a first round, a late first round pick, or an early second round pick. Whoever gets Taco, whoever gets their hands on Taco Fall, um, I believe will be in good hands. Next, I'm going to go with Carson Edwards. I believe Carson Edwards is probably the most exciting player to see in the tournament this year. I think he led all scores in the tournament. He's a big-time player. Uh, he's a sleeper who's predicted to fall late in the first round. I'm hearing Golden State. I'm seeing Golden State uh, with these mock drafts, and I think that's a perfect fit for Golden State. Uh to get a Carson Edwards if Sean Livingston goes through with retiring this uh this year. You gotta get somebody to play some minutes for Steph. And I think Carson Edwards is the guy if he falls that far in uh the the
the draft. He's a big-time player, man. He's a solid scorer. Uh, I think in a system with, with Golden State, Steve Curry and those shooters over there, it will be perfect for him. be perfect for him at last. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. We didn't see much of Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, maybe he may he may be a lotto pick. He may fall a little bit shorter than that. Uh, we didn't see Kev, we we didn't see much of him during his freshman year. Uh, suspension as well as uh, injury, but uh, you can't deny uh, that this kid has talent. He has good solid talent. So whatever team that he falls on, I believe he can produce uh, if put in the right system. Uh, if not, then maybe it's a reason why he is a sleeper. But I think if Kevin Porter gets him into that right system, uh, he'll be a good, solid contributor for that team. Uh, I think Boston is a good, solid place for him to land. Uh, even with Kyrie leaving, it's good young talent over there. When you look at Tatum and Jalen Brown and those guys, if if Boston loses Kevin Porter, um, excuse me, if, if Boston loses Terry Rozier, then Kevin Porter should be the guy that could take that, fill in that hole for Boston. But um, we will see how the draft plays out, what trades will be made, uh, what picks will be made. Come Thursday, make, make sure you tune in to the NBA draft this week. Yeah.